You are no longer part of the system. You are above the system, over it, beyond it. We're them, we're they. We are the brothers. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. And you know this, man. Already, and we live. Live, baby. Back again. Back again. We are the brothers. It's your boy, Jay Brewster. Your boy, Earl. Your boy, Rodney. And we got a special guest in the building today, a fourth member in the fire. Hold up, baby. Introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. It's your boy, LaVallis. Okay. (laughs) Hey, spell that for us, brother. That's L-E-V-A-L-L-O-I-S. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Excited to have this dude in the building with us today, man, um, on the Brothers Podcast. Uh, Lavalis, uh, we've known him for many, many years. Yes, sir. Uh, growing up through ministry together. Yeah. Uh, seeing him grow from a, a very, very young man, um, starting his ministry days, Christian rapping, gospel rapping, whatever yeah, you want to call it. Long Bridge Park. Yeah, man. Yeah. But I knew uh, Lavalis when he was in high school, man. With the paint hat. Yeah. The braids. <laughs> yeah. With the braids. With the braids. Yes. When I had hair, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's now, funny. Now he grown, married with children, and everything. You know what I'm saying? Got the right. uh, Valley Music Biz. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, man. Pleasure to have you on the show today, oh, man. Yeah, the definitely episode, pleasure. man. Definitely thank you for coming through and uh, kicking it with the brothers today. Man. Give it up for him, y'all. Yes, yes, yes sir. Uh, we 35 episodes deep. Wow. That, that's, that's dope to me wow. because uh, a lot of podcasts don't get past, you know, episode Three. 10. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, no we've had some guests before, but this is uh, the first guest in 2019. Yes, He's got some, some great stuff to uh, definitely share with y'all. Um, real quick, though, uh, before we get into anything, I know, Ryan, you said you had a story. Yeah, uh, man, just a little small talk, a little little. little little thing that happened to me today just to show you know how crazy of a world we live in um everybody know i work in temple um i work actually right in front of the uh walmart on 31st street so i happen to go to walmart quite often just to go in and pick up something if i need to pick up something from for home you know for dinner or something like that so today i'm gonna get ready to go back from lunch Happen to go to Walmart, man. Rolling in there real quick. It's kind of raining outside, so I parked the car kind of far away because I don't feel like waiting, you know, to try to get a parking spot. So I just parked right. real far, kind of walking towards the store. So I get out the car. I hear this dude like screaming at the top of his lungs, like, What's up? What's up? And I'm like, Okay, who are you talking to? I don't see him necessarily talking to somebody, yeah. but I know he is talking to somebody because I can see him looking in the direction of somebody. Yeah. So I get, I get about 15 feet away from dude. Dude pulls out a gun. Oh, snap. Like, Whoa. like, what's up? Oh, snap. Talking yeah. to you? No, no, not talking to me. Uh-huh. But he's talking to the dude, but the dude he's talking to is walking away. Yeah. I so I don't know what kind of confrontation they got in. I don't know if the dude rolled with him. It, I didn't know if they was arguing over a parking spot or what. I'm just like, oh, crap. Like, this dude is like, and like seriously, I'm like 15 feet away from him. So, like, I, I see him pull the gun out of his waistband. Like I'm like, just oh, pull the bird out. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm like, witness a homicide. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm scared because I see all the people in the parking lot. So I'm kind of like, I'm not scared for myself because I know I ain't got nothing to do with the situation. But I'm scared for the people because this is older black lady that's standing in front of him. 
Jeez. And and he and she's just like she got like the death look because she sees him pull out the gun too. Yeah. I'm behind her, she's in front of him, but he's walking like beeline towards the dude and he pulls out the gun. So I'm like, man. So he walks, he walk, he walks in between the middle of us. So I get to me and the lady kind of cross paths, and she's like, I'm just trying to get out of here. I said, Yes, ma'am, hurry up. Like, get to where you get to where you I told her, I was like, Hurry up, yes, get to yes, where you're going. You know, yeah. I don't want anything to happen to you because I know you're innocent. You came to Walmart to get your groceries, you know what I'm saying? So I see the dude that he's he's arguing with or talking to walking like through the fence on the other side. Mm-hmm. So he He's just like going after the dude with the gun in his hand. So I'm like, shoot, like, is this really for the, am I really for to see a murder today? You know, like, I didn't expect to come to right. Walmart to see this. So I walk, I'm, I'm continuing to walk in the store. I'm just like, Lord Jesus, please don't let nothing happen. Like right now, you know, with your kids and everything outside right. in this parking lot. So I walk into the store and I'm like, I'm like nervous because everybody that's in the front of the store sees what's happening outside. They won't walk outside. And they're mm-hmm. like, call the police. Like, people are running, like, in and out the store. Like, the, the other dude's still walking away, though? Yeah, the other dude is still, he, like, walked away into, like, the Sam's parking lot, if you know how yeah, yeah, Walmart yeah. and Sam's are right, right next to Yeah, he's, like, in the Sam's parking lot now. But the dude is still, like, got the gun in his hand and everything like that. And I'm like, man, like, what happened? Like, what, 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 what got you to this point like that? And it just made me think, like, you know, I know we live in an open carry state. Which is scary already because, like I said, everybody's temperament is not the same. You know what I'm saying? So what you may deem as disrespect or what you may be able to walk away from, the next man may not be able to walk away from. And people being able to open carry, it it really, you know, and I I believe everybody has the right to defend themselves. But in situations like those, you just have to question it like... Like, what would happen if this man really would have started shooting in this parking lot with innocent people, innocent children around? Because he didn't care. He didn't care who was looking at him. You know, he didn't care that kids was around or nothing like that. He was just like that, that hot. He was yeah. that angry. And like I said, I don't know what he was that angry about. Like I said, I thought they was arguing over a parking spot. You know how somebody get pissed off over a parking spot. Right. And like, you know, <laughs> you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So it just made it me think. It could have been anything, bro. Yeah, exactly. It could have been anything. But it just mm-hmm. made me think like, man. And like I said, and not to be sound all brody or anything, I wasn't scared at all because I walked right in and out the store and the dude was the dude, the dude walked right past me again. You know, I guess he had went and go put his gun in his truck because the other dude walked away and uh, the dude walked right past me, you know, nodded his head. just like he spoke to me, you know, and everything like that. So just casual. Like, like, up, yeah, like, we, do, like we do this out here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, this, this dude, yeah, this dude is just like, like going about his well, day. Like, wanna, God like, used you on the day, brother. Did he? On the shield. <laughs> <laughs> You should, you know, uh, did you I pray think, after you left? Did you think yeah, God? I, I did have to thank God, man, because you know nobody got shot. You Bro, know? what's crazy is that like there was a somebody got shot, killed at Temple Walmart, the same exact Walmart that I'm working for. Yeah, bro, yeah, like you, in, during it, Christmas, December, yeah, during yeah. Christmas. Wow. Yeah, so they've already I, had they already had wild, gun bro. violence at that Walmart. Yeah. Wow, it's wild out in Temple though, man. Uh, it's wild everywhere, but the funny part is that anybody who live in Temple, <laughs> like they talk so bad about like Khalid. Khalid. Yeah. Like yeah. Khalid is like Chicago <laughs> to them, bro. It's like, wait, you from Khalid? Like, I can you live in Khalid? Khalid? Like Khalid is like the worst of the worst. Yeah, I'm like, bro, like, you live, live in, in Temple, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? And I'm like, like, I live in Khalid. I've been in Khalid since '96. Yeah. It's not as bad as what y'all yeah. think. 
sound like they're like but the murder per capita for the i'm like okay y'all can quote stats all day i get it yeah you know what i'm saying but temple ain't that much better like y'all just made me hide it better so <laughs> i'm looking at the fact that the guy that had the gun pointed at him was just so calm and peaceful like yeah. just yeah just he did he even turn around he didn't even he didn't bro he didn't even turn around so he, 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 must, he must knew he wasn't gonna pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah and not, like I said, I don't know that. Like I said, yeah. Buddy didn't even turn around, man. Cause you don't know his mindset. Yeah, you know, but like you really don't. And like I've always been told, if you point a gun at somebody, be prepared to pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah, and that, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like you I mean, better be prepared to pull the trigger. And that, and mm-hmm. that's this literally where my heart went and my mind went because when you see somebody pull out a gun, you like, oh, this finna go down. Right. Like you can hear somebody, you can hear somebody threaten somebody all day, but when you yeah. see it, like I physically see him go in the back of his waistband, pull the gun out, and point it at somebody. So, so, I'm like, so the man was just kept walking, just kept walking, just kept walking. So he didn't Ooh, get in the car. Message. So he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> I'm wondering, yes, right. yes, walk with Jesus. Right. No weapon for him. But I no think, weapon. Um, no what might have happened? They, they, they were probably in the uh, car together. They rode to Walmart together. Yeah, uh-huh. Dude did not give him his gas, but oh, he farted in his car. <laughs> and the gas was terribly like it was beyond. Bro, like if you, you had know, some horrible gas around somebody, that makes you want to pull a gun. Make you pull a gun. The dude, you know, had probably warned him about farting in his car, <laughs> and he said. He, Dude, but like, hey, oh, not to make light of the situation, but I'm mad that like Rodney kept on going to the Walmart. Like, what was the Walmart that you needed that day? Never mind, I don't want to know. It's like, cause I'm getting back in my car. Right. You know, yeah, so I'm like, hey, you know what? Like, what in Walmart did you need that bad? But really, but, uh, really, the only <laughs> thing that made me go prices. Yeah, the only thing that made me go out was I realized I only had like ten minutes left to get back to work and caught back in. Bro, you, <laughs> your life could have ended. What you mean ten minutes left? I don't, so, I don't have understanding. And like, and like I said. And the, the, the ladies were standing in front of the store. They was like, I am not going after he has a gun. And I was like, I'm not going to wait. I got to go to work. Yeah, I want these hot Cheetos. Life goes on, man. But I'm really glad nobody got hurt. Yeah, no, man. Too Me too, man. But I'm bad. Like, Roddy was like, hey, hurry up, lady. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the lady, hurry up. Shoot him, shoot him. He said, hurry up, lady. Yeah, nah, bro. But yeah, I'm definitely glad nobody uh, yeah, it, it man, didn't escalate uh, anymore uh, than it was already I'm escalated. Dude, what's crazy, you, though, like, uh, since... Since we on this subject of like, you know, I was saying like people potentially getting assaulted. Lavalis, we got you in the studio, brother. Yeah. First off, I want to ask you to your face, uh, mm-hmm. like you gotta how actually you look at me. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. My bad. I'm actually right. looking at you now. <laughs> how you go uh, <laughs> verbally assault that poor young man on that diss track, sir? Yeah, the oh, man. Beast, man. <laughs> Little Bill got gave a little backstory. Man, <laughs> I mean, it was it wasn't even serious. It, it was it was all play. But um, bro, you know, hold, 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 hold on, those of you who don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> there's a young cat that Levaz, I believe you were kind of mentoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, D Will, right? Yeah, D Will. Real, real cool dude. He's he's what sixteen. I think he's like 17 now. Oh, so he's, oh, so yeah, he's, so a he, older, yeah. he's still a body, though. Yeah. <laughs> he's still a body. <laughs> but, like, uh, he, he really loved Jesus. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And apparently, he thought he was going to get kind of slick, and he dropped, like, this diss track talking about Lavalis being, like, what, bald or whatever. <laughs> yeah, bro. You, you know what I'm saying? And, like, he, 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 he threw some shots out there. And he didn't think Lavalis was really going to respond, or he wanted to respond. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so those of you who don't know about Levalis and hear about his music, I'm gonna oh, let him talk man. about that a little bit later. But like, dude is like dope at what he does, and like has a a background in battling. Yeah, like, that's how you kind of came up, right? Yeah, I was battling first. 
So it's like dude was poking the bear like for real. And Laval is getting in the studio and like put together this well produced <laughs> <laughs> diss track with like uh, cover artwork and everything. You draped it. You draped Bro, it. Bro, like and I'm inside my house and I'm like I heard your diss first. You know, oh, so, okay, okay. And so like I didn't even know the backstory. So I was like, what is going on? So I go back to the comments and I hear his first one. And I'm like, that was just out of line, Lavelle. Like, why you have to do dudes this dirty? We had to tell us about that, man. Look, um, so D, so so D, D Wills, man. That's 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 my little homie, man. I, I you know, I, he was one of the uh, the youth that I mentored at my old previous church, and uh, you know, in the music and everything. So we actually, I did a free my city banquet. And at the Free My City Banquet, he came up to me and he was just like, you didn't say nothing about my name or something like that. So <laughs> I was like, he said I wanted all the smoke. Right. He was a little salty. So he started cracking jokes and stuff like that. And he was like, I'm going to dish you. And I'm like, I'm just kind of blowing it off. Like, yeah, all right. You know, I was like, well, if you do, you better, you better come with it. Like, right. And everything. And so um, we, we were just kind of joking back and forth. And he said something. I came back and I was like, hey, but what about that time that girl packed your ball when we were playing basketball? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize how loud I said that. The so personals in yeah. there. <laughs> so I didn't realize how loud I said it until like, you know how you say something, then yeah. it's kind of quiet. You're like, oh, that was kind of loud. So he looked, he was like, oh, you just going to put me on blast like that? I was like, hey, man, look, it just, hey, it's facts, though. It, it did happen, right? And so, yeah, man, he said he was going to diss me and everything. I thought he was just joking. He really until, did uh, it. I went on my social media, and I got tagged into a, something with my picture on it. See, I was confused at first. I thought my, I thought my Facebook account got hacked because I saw somebody else. You know, uh, with my photo as their default pig, and I was like, "What's that?" So I click on it, and it said Lavalas this ball game, and I was like, "Oh, bro!" I was oh, like, man. "Oh, he went there." So I played the track, and I sat there, and I was like, "I ain't gonna respond to this, man. Like, I ain't gonna respond." And then I kept listening to it, and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna respond." This yeah. young man went all the smoke. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had to, bro. So he really got his shot blocked. My girl or something he, like that. It's facts, man. It, it, it really happened. And she was and the, and make it crazy. She's like sorted in him. <laughs> <laughs> but Lavalis, like, not only did you like put a bunch of bars in this diss track, but like you had like a hook and a bridge in that book. <laughs> it was like a lesson. It like, was like you hey. whatever you do, you do an excellent son. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey. Like hey. I don't know. Bro. It was dope. It was definitely dope. But I was just like, wow. Yeah. That's something that you just don't want to really, really get yeah, into. Yeah. Like if he you, draped him. It's he my wife's fault though, because she completely draped him, bro. She told you to do it. Yeah, she told me to do it. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna like go for real. I'm just gonna give him a love tap, you know. And that's that was a love and tap. The funny, like you warned him too. You was like, bro, I'm sending out warning <laughs> shots. Like right. this is not what you want. Not, like, cause I, do this, this is you. really not what you want. Cause nah. I got a lot more for you. Nah, it, you, it's and I, man. When you get in that battling mode, right, you can't be friendly. Like you, nah. there's, there's no way to you. Can't. You just can't. So yeah. I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah, like, <laughs> That's crazy, yeah. bro. That's it was awesome, fun, man. though. That's awesome, man. I think it, I think it, it it really goes to show that uh, we as believers can have fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. and we can like uh, challenge each other. I know that. Like, uh, shout out to my homie uh, Courtney, uh, Red Letters. Uh, crazy dope. Crazy, one of the craziest pairs I've ever yeah. seen. Like, real talk. And, like, whenever 
like we've done several songs together and whenever we get like you know what I'm saying together to like write he's like look I'm trying to like murder you on everything that I'm on like for real so if you invite me on on your tracks just know I'm going for the juggler every single time and like it it inspires you to like step up your your bars step up your game like don't just come like weak cause we homies you know me and you even did that like if you don't know me and LaValis we did a mixtape back in the day bleeding Yeah, yeah so like we kinda Locked himself inside the the studio for like good what twenty four forty eight hours yeah, almost. Oh so, yeah, and like we just went back and forth, and we, we both were just like, "Hey, I'm about to go for the juggler every single time." And we, much. Uh, it was like iron sharp as iron, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's it's always a a, a good look to we have to friendly competition. Yeah, we, we, we do. We, we need do. to do it again. Okay. Uh oh. Yeah. Hold up. But uh, we gonna kind of get into you know some uh, breaking news. Breaking uh, news. Well, that's not really breaking, yeah, but it's, it's, it's like a story that kind of broke. What, what last week? A couple days yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how y'all feel about this whole Gucci situation? Man, Gucci money. Gucci, Gucci. I don't wear Gucci. it. Never did. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I actually did a Gucci Gang remix, and that was one of my first lines. Is, <laughs> Gucci Gang, wore- Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Go on, even wear it though. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little backstory, if y'all don't know. Um, a little backstory uh, with the Gucci. They created a sweater of some sorts, which kind of resembles blackface, um, which yeah. we know is disrespect to our culture, as far as you know the blackface thing is concerned. A turtleneck. Um, so it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't just like a regular sweater, but like this right. thing like transforms into yeah. a face. Yeah, yeah, it goes like, over your face. Oh, over your face, it like it looks like blackface. Yeah. yeah so a monkey with red lips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, kind of how you know it. You know, portrayed us back in the day. You know, as far as you know, slavery, monkeys, and all that kind of type of jazz. So um, Gucci, Gucci thought it would be a you know cute idea because I think you know they know what they're doing. A lot of times, it's not it's not ignorant. You know what I'm saying? They they it it everything goes through a through a, a process. You know, nothing is cleared. You know, just one item and one person clears it. No, it goes through a chain. Right. You know, there's production designers and you know somebody that says, okay, this is good, this is good, this is not good. So every every you know standard you know in the in the fashion industry and any type of industry goes through those checks and balances to have those things you know put out into the market. Um, so, like I said, they thought it would be cute and okay to put out something that, you know, would possibly be offensive. And, you know, people have taken offense to it. During and Black History Month. During Black History Month, it, it dropped. And, um, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, is it, I, I'll just kind of say this and I'll, and, and I can probably speak for everybody that I know that's in this room. And we don't necessarily wear Gucci like that. You know what I'm saying? Nah, bro. And, People that we know may own one Gucci item if they have it. You know what I'm right. saying? That may be real. You know, we probably yeah. know a lot of people that wear Gucci that's knockoff. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, my, uh, my a lot of little my mentees wear little knockoff Gucci belts. I'm like, if you in high school, you really ain't got no Gucci. Nah, belt. I had a fake Gucci book. I, I know, I know, uh, I know. My homeboy, he bought a Gucci belt and paid over six hundred dollars for it. So I know Jesus. what real Gucci costs. You know what I'm saying? And and you know, and if you in high school, you nine times out of ten, you ain't rocking no real Gucci belt. 
So, um, like I said, we we know people that want to perpetrate, and we know why we wear it in our community because it symbolizes success. You yeah. know, to us, to us, you know, yeah, and yeah. what we want to portray to the world, like, oh, I've made it to a certain status, yeah. so now I'm able to wear Gucci, you know, and I, I've made it to a certain level. I got a Gucci T-shirt, a Gucci necklace, or you know, or whatever, and you know. And in our community, in our community, that's what we deem as successful. Like, if you got a Gucci outfit on, like, oh, you didn't make it, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't got your income tax or something, <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, but we just want to kind of talk to that and uh, talk about the power of the black dollar, um, the significance of it, and um, you know, how can we maximize the black dollar in our community instead of going out and giving it to folks that clearly don't care about us? Oh. Let's speak on it. What you got, Earl? Man, I kind of got educated on the topic through T.I.'s uh, post or his rant. Mm-hmm. You know, so I didn't even get to read the article. But he had put out some stuff about, and y'all, I mean, you seen it too, right? Or something that, yeah, yeah. So the numbers you may have to help me with, but what is it like something trillion that black folks spend? Yeah, it's like. Uh, yeah, I forgot the exact number. But it's you, like you one point up. something trillion dollars. And But we make ever. the least? And, and that's crazy. So we. We spend the most, but yeah, we make we, the least. Yeah, we spending yeah. money on, on stuff that really don't matter or stuff we can't afford. Gucci's not black, you know, old, by yeah, the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's... I don't know, man. I, I don't wear it either. You know, I don't buy it. I can't see myself spending that much for a belt. So, know, so. do you think that... Um, it was strategic... Because I think it was strategic. I think it's almost borderline like the H&M because type they don't of controversy. Wanna, you think it's because they don't want us to wear it? No, I don't think it's that at all. I think that they can go ahead and put out controversy sales. And so I can do something that's going to be clearly offensive. You can't tell me that this is going through this many checks and balances. And there's not one person of color who is like, hey, this is like offensive. You don't even got to be a person of color. You can just be sensitive to the the world that we live in. Fact, to be like, this is offensive. And it's Black History Month. And you're introducing the item that is clearly offensive. It's like not even borderline offensive. Right. It's yeah, like I'm thinking how many how many like white folks are really gonna wear that in public. You feel me? So yeah. so like Gucci immediately comes back and says, "Oh, we're sorry about it. This was culturally it was a insensitive. It's, yeah. it's a mistake." Yeah. But now everybody talking about Gucci. The brothers' podcast is talking about Gucci right now. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, even though it's a controversy, the reach has the reach has gone that far. The impact. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think, Lavalas? It's 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 very interesting. It, I, I like your perspective because it makes you wonder if certain businesses take those type of risks and trying to leverage the you the know reward. the yeah the, the reward at the end because it's like yeah they'll be mad for a moment but at the same time we just gain a whole lot more exposure. You know, we can just say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, and people forget about it. Yeah. Our sales still going to go up because still it was marketing, right. you know. And so it, 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 it's definitely um, it's, it's definitely something that I think was done strategically. I don't think anyone just decided, hey, I want to make this thing. And, and then no one looked at that and said, you know, that might be offensive. Right. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I, I really think that. It just goes to show how powerful, you know, our culture is and, and how we so. are as, as as black people and, and our money. You know, I mean, even when you look back into the civil rights movement, you know, they was always, you know, encouraging, like, start your own businesses. You know right. what I'm saying? Because they didn't even want to, like, touch touch our money, touch our hands, but right. it changed your money. So it was just like, even then, that, that's something that's been going on. Mm-hmm. It's just now it's a little bit more strategic, you yeah. know? Um 
Boycotting so I, I, and all kind of stuff. I feel you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's time for us, man, to really just start, you know, um, investing in our own businesses, man. Yeah. Investing in one another. Putting true. our money where it's going to benefit our communities. Um, honestly Right That's very true And the thing about the Kind of what T.I. did And I understand where he came from Because it, like he said He's a seven figure uh, he, He's a person that spends Over seven figures a year On Gucci You know what I'm saying He said that personally So And when you Him as a person He said I'm a boycott Gucci For three months Okay Gucci sales still gonna be there In three months You know what I'm saying Gucci is not a company That's gonna go out of business In three months you know what it's I'm not saying? Yeah, exactly. So if you if you personally stop buying Gucci for three months, yeah, it may have a, a impact on the local store that you buy from. But overall, as a business, they're gonna survive. You know what I'm saying? Good, yeah. Sure, so they're Gucci not gang still making money. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. On, that's on still getting spent. So man, so somebody says shit, Gucci bag. Should he change his name? <laughs> so, hey, you know, <laughs> shit, I don't know. You know, because like when see? the article first dropped, I thought they was talking about him at first, and I was like, oh, oh they okay. made the clothing brand of Gucci. Uh, I mean, with Ti doing the whole boycott, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how significant it's gonna be. Cause like, okay, like I said, he can do the boycott, but the common man don't buy Gucci like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, how far is that boycott going to go? Well, it was the same thing with Starbucks, bro. You remember the Starbucks controversy when it had the two lawyers were inside there, right. and, and like they were, the police were called and they were arrested. Yeah. T.I. came out and said, we we boycott Starbucks. Starbucks didn't lose hardly anything from the boycott. I don't know how long the boycott really lasted, but Starbucks came out and it was like, you know what? We're going to do some sensitivity trading. We're going to shut down our star- <laughs> they, all, all the Starbucks. I believe they lost more money from that yeah. than actually boycott. Facts, bro. Yeah. People was not stopping um, drinking that coffee. He yeah. mentioned uh, Waffle House, too. Or the Waffle House, he called it. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, I mean, the same thing. You know what I mean? So, but that. and that's to your question, bro. Like, how far does the black dollar really go? It it goes far, but like I said, it doesn't go far with us. And just like Navala said, we don't have our own, and we don't support our own like we should, and in the ability to sustain. You know, sustain that. You know what we what we try to build. You know what I'm saying? Do you think we just won't unite enough though to make a difference? That, that's Absolutely. Part of, that's part like, of the problem. Rodney, you ain't gonna stop eating Waffle House, are you? I mean, I love Waffle House. I'm not gonna you lie gonna to give you. Give it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's I mean, what they but, did. Look, but what's the but what's the boycott for? You know what I'm saying? They did to that young lady, man. They it really did. makes you think, though, guys. Because like when you when you when you look at a lot of these businesses, they are. Some of them are a lot more in tune to our culture than we are. They're, Very. They're, they're really in tune to. Our potential. I mean, when it comes to like Gucci, I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen a Gucci commercial. I've never been inside of a Gucci store. You don't have the first to. Time yeah. I, the first time I really got exposed to Gucci and, and seeing that that was like a popular thing is from rap songs, yeah, rap videos. So the black face has always been the biggest thing that has pushed Gucci to be what it is today. Bro. And so, like, I mean, you look at a lot of the stuff, you know, um, like they know our culture. Like, and, and you know, like for instance, um, the Korean culture, you know, they come down, they they set a barbershop, they right. sell the the the, the, the uh, hair and the weaves and all that. Laundry they bags. don't wear it, no. You know what I'm saying? Bro. But they very but in they tune to, to our culture. Right. You know, same thing. Like I was watching Undercover Boss. I love watching Undercover Boss, and I didn't know this. Maybe y'all knew this, but I didn't know this. I didn't know Popeyes was pretty much owned oh, by, by white people. By white people, <laughs> I didn't know that. I was watching Undercover Boss, and I was expecting like a black, because you know the face, yeah, the of, face of it is a black woman. Yeah. yeah. 
And when you went inside the store, it's majority black people working, and a lot of the Popeyes are set up in inner communities. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. So they like, we like they're, they're very. They're, <laughs> they're, but my point is Delicious. like they're, they're very in tune. Yeah, they to educate our themselves. Yeah, they, so you yeah. can't tell me that when you put something out there that's offensive to our culture, you wasn't aware of that, right? Because you already know statistically from your sales and your brand and your market Where the money that comes from. Your money comes and from. And who are you targeting? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who are you targeting? Because they know that somebody who likes Ti is gonna do his rap. And he may take away, you know what I'm saying, less than one percent of our sales. Yeah. But however, we gonna come back stronger than ever. Right. We you gonna have somebody like Soldier Boy gonna have because yeah, the, the exactly. Gucci, the Gucci they headband. Can, they could be like, We'll sponsor you. Right. And you will put you on TV and now we'll give you free Gucci to go back on TV and wear it. And I'm then he'll be, and then that person would be like, "Oh, well, Gucci apologized to me personally, so you know I feel like it's okay now. You know they didn't really do it to me. You know it was a mistake by Gucci, uh-huh. and it, and it and it just it becomes a cycle like of disrespect. So what well, a sad part. I don't think that I could be wrong, but I don't think that the average black person today understands the hurt for blackface really. Like really understand, like they right. may know about social media well, and like it's, it's, a, it's bad. A age, it's an age thing, yeah. man. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like, I mean, yeah. like, but disrespect is disrespect. Yeah. It is. But do you think the average young person under the age of thirty really understand why no, that's they disrespectful? Don't know, they don't know where the hurt comes from. You, you feel me? You know what I'm saying. So it's like yeah. saying, okay, blackface represents this error of complete and utter disrespect towards yeah. the African American. Yeah. They haven't been touched by that really. Right. They understand like police violence. They understand, you know what I'm saying, racism because of what's happening in the White House. Yeah. They don't really understand the, the true impact. The symbolism. Yeah. And the symbolism of what blackface really stands for and what it means. And so like those are the young people who was the one who's buying Gucci. They're like, why I got right. to buy Gucci? And it's right. crazy because Jay Z hit on that, like in in one of his songs. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, his whole video. You know, what I'm saying he was he was showing that. So it's it's it's, it's really crazy. I think that sometimes, uh, maybe not everybody, but I believe that there's definitely some people that are prejudiced and racist. You know, in some of these companies, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they strategically do these things just to see. How we gonna respond? Right, because they know, know how much we buying. can tolerate. Yeah. <laughs> because when they look back, it's like, well, what do black people have that's this successful? What do they have? Right. We own their culture. Damn, right. I mean, bro. We, we have their culture. Damn. But if they can be mad, but they still gotta buy, they still gonna buy from us. Right. They have to because what do they, they have? They don't have anything. You get what I'm saying? And so it's, it's and so I think all the weeds, all the weeds, all the hair product. So if y'all don't know, um, in, in a very powerful episode, um, it's a series on uh, Netflix called Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. The very first episode. Um, it, I encourage everybody to watch it. Um, it does have language in it and stuff like that, but it's very good. The very first episode, um, what he does, he challenges himself to go three days and buy nothing but black. He can't use anything that doesn't have a black owner, can't eat anything that wasn't grown by black people. Um, and Killer Mike live in Atlanta. Right, yeah. So you would think, like, it's easy. Like, bro couldn't do nothing. Mm. He had to walk, he had to ride a bike. You know what I'm saying? And he had to go buy a bike from a black bike shop, you know, which wasn't he had to walk to get to that place. You know what I'm saying? He had to wow. get a he had to get a black owned company cell phone just to use a phone. He couldn't drink bottled water or nothing because we didn't have anything to sustain him that was created by black people and, you know, through the black community. So he went to black restaurants and he was like, you know, what well, does this produce come from a black farm? The, the restaurant owners was like, no. He was like, I can't eat here. 
You know what I'm saying? It, oh, is wow. very, it was very powerful to show, yeah. you know, just how much other people feed off our culture, just right. like we spoke to, um, and stuff like that. And and uh, one of the things that they said in the documentary that, you know, like we said uh, during the Black Wall Street era and things like that, how how many times they tried to recycle the black dollar, how many times it went around, tried to make it go around at least six times before it went outside of the community. They said now, like we uh, pointed to a little bit earlier. Um, the black dollar does not stay in our community for more than six hours. Goodness gracious! So we make we spend the most money, but like we said, we we make the least amount of money. We're sp- we're constantly spending, but we're spending it in other areas that don't support our communities, that don't support people that look like us. Because, like I said, when a lot of times when it is us, we always looking for the discount, we always looking for yeah. the hookup, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. Then one of us do something, man. Deep. You get so much. Ridicule and like criticism, like LeBron opening the school, right? You know, and he ain't the only one to do it. Just you see how much hate though you yeah. get from people, like, of, of, our, yeah, it's like, like it's us. crazy, bro. You know, well, it's self hatred, yeah. And you mm. see, <laughs> bro, and you see the businesses that opened up in the hood, gun store, Popeyes. liquor store, right. You, you know what I'm saying? Fast like, food yeah, yeah, fast food restaurants. The did, no? Uh, <laughs> 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 no, they sell Kool Aid. They Kool Aid. But no. I mean, like, they know who they targeted. They know who they marketed yeah. to. Yeah. That documentary, though, you mentioned is is interesting. But he said a lot of stuff too that probably make a lot of Christians mad. Bro. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, bro. You know? well, I mean, that's I, why, I've that's been intending to go check it out. Yeah. Just because I seen the clip. But yeah, that, that, I'm just talking like, about the first episode. Yeah. That first episode was the most powerful. I was like, man, I don't know about this dude, bro. Yeah. Like, he said some pretty. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Stuff. You know, I watched all of the episodes, but right. that first episode is the most powerful because it just shows you the impact of the black dude, he dollar. He just baited you in, bro. So you can <laughs> I tell you, we're, 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 we're literally <laughs> like the, the in a place right you, now. Um, I'm sorry, Lovatis. I just wanted to rebuke him. That's good, man. Get him, get him. The enemy sifted him. But nah, I was gonna say I really feel like we're in a place right now where you have the black culture is you at least for my time, I feel like I'm living in a time where we're more aware. We're starting to at least be more aware, like they say being woke. So people are starting to pay more attention to stuff that they was not paying attention to before. So now what you have is you have a lot of blacks empowering blacks. And I know for some people like might be listening, you know, when we talk like this, people immediately get on the defense and think, oh, well, they being racist or they being prejudiced towards this or that. But really, man, I think what's really happening is that people are waking up and starting to see how things are really operating and just trying to empower uh, our own people, you know, because when you've been impressed and you're growing up uh, with disadvantages, um, I think that it's important for us to reach back into our communities and empower people and say, man, look, you can own your own business. And we're not doing it so that we can outdo the white man or right, outdo the Korean right. man. We're doing it because we want you to know that you have that same capabilities to be successful right, right. without depending on somebody else to do it for you. Right. So, like, that's what's happening right now. That's what you got a lot more black voices coming out, you know, in social media that's speaking out. You got artists now that are yeah. using their platforms to empower the culture. And I think that it's a war going on you know you got people that's empowering the culture and then you got the powers that be that are trying to pull this right back down by dropping little stuff like you know what i'm saying right. what gucci did yeah. i'm gonna remind you <laughs> yeah how low you are how low you how right. low you really are we're gonna right. keep you there yeah, yeah. dang gotta unite man good stuff good stuff 
good so stuff. it makes you really think how far does a black dollar really go yeah, yeah. And, why, and just and just makes you think why do we have to get disrespected in order to make that change you know yeah. what I'm saying in order to put support behind those black owned businesses and you know people of color that, that try to venture out and do things why does it take you disrespect know, for, or you know, somebody, controversy yeah, to happen somebody on the other side to say forget y'all you know what I'm saying for we, us to really wake up and say you know what oh my brother over there doing that you know doing the right. same thing yeah. you know let me support him Right. That tends to be our mindset. We we tend to be reactive more than being proactive. Yeah. And I think that's that's the struggle there. That's yeah. the key. I think you really hit the nail on the head right there. Be a reactive instead of proactive. Because like you said, there's black old businesses everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> they, don't, lot, they don't get no support. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times it's hard to find. You know. And one of the, one of the struggles that I had, and I'll, I'll kind of attest to it, uh, when it was Christmas time. Um, my daughter she loves like black owned stuff and you know stuff that you know represents the culture and I was trying to find some stuff for her for Christmas and I went on this website called webuyblack.com which oh, they, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. They, they sell you know items that you know are made from the black community and stuff like that but half the stuff they didn't have on the website I'm like dude like and they was like half the stuff I tried to buy they couldn't ship it and I'm like you know we have to have a better representation you know when we do right. put our foot forward you know hey. what I'm saying we have to do it in excellence Bruh. you know <laughs> <laughs> hey no seriously bro like I, I just gotta add to that like real Please, talk bro because that's that's very important you know what I'm saying like I'm I love supporting people that's trying to start a business and I love supporting blacks that are starting business but just to say this man just because you black does not mean right. that you entitled to everybody's dollar. Right. You know what I'm Your saying? Your quality's like, lacking. You, right. If you're going to be in business, get in business. You know what I'm saying? Like, be be business-minded. Be professional. Have excellent customer service. Come on, you know, say be that time, again, Be responsive. <laughs> have a good you know attitude, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. have a good attitude. Like, people come in your restaurants, don't be smacking your face on what you want. You know what I mean? That's like, real. Like, because people, even though we black or whatever, we want to support you, but we still want customer service. We right, still want to have a good experience. And yeah. so, don't, don't just use your color you know what I'm saying? And, and we're the, just supposed to accept it. Yeah, so because I got a business now, every all my black people are going to support me. And if they don't, then we go back to that rhetoric where it's like, right. oh, man, you don't no support me. Oh, you I'm hate black. me. It's yeah, like, no, black, black you told me 30 minutes for my food and it's yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah, what man, you mean? Bro, I didn't order potatoes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. What you mean you ain't got french fries? You right, know? right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, the quality still needs to be there. It's still, right. like, it still yeah. needs to be there. And you Got to compete, man. You nasty. Bro, mean and certainly. Speaking of me, bro, <laughs> this is something that like uh, we kind of want to touch on, uh, and what I know a lot of people have dealt with as believers. What you talking about? Uh, the whole church hurt, mm. and it's something that I've seen kind of come up uh, repetitively lately, and I've experienced it lately myself, and I didn't really understand it. Until I experienced it yeah. You hear people talk about it You're like Eh well that was just you You know what I'm saying But Until you kind of go through that You like realize Dang this is something That's really real And um, Along the lines of The whole entire Black dollar Being circulated That has been A huge part For a lot of people With church hurt Like especially The black community Feeling like You know what I'm only Really really here For my money you know what I'm saying? Like, you pull it from me, and when that stops flowing the way it's flowing, or if something happens that you don't like, you quick to push me off to the side and right on. move on. You know what I mean? Yes, so, sir. Um, Preach, sir. 
what's some of y'all experiences or some stories that you've heard as far as church church is concerned? I'll let our guests go first. Mm. Um, so yeah, man, um, I've seen it and I've been on the outside of it. I had my opinions about it, but until you actually experience yourself, you know, you, you know, you don't really come to know what it feels like. Um, I have experienced that. Um, and I think there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different things that go into church hurt, man. Um, for me, um, as far as my experience goes, um, I was at a particular ministry for like, like, shoot, maybe like nine years. And, um, went through some different things it was never something where i disagree with theology or anything like that i think it just kind of gets to a point where um how can i put it grow something yeah is that what you mean well i don't and and that's the thing because i I even thought about that you know when i felt like it was time for me to leave i didn't want to leave you know i felt like i'm i was more so forced out um, I wanted to, you know, leave on good terms. You know, I always kind of had in my mind that whatever God was going to do in my life, this is how it was going to transition. It was going to be right. smooth. It was going to be peaceful. You know, people would be excited for me, but it, I didn't have that experience. You know, it was more like being forced out and part of me still trying to hang on. Um, but uh, for me, without really just going into detail, because it involves other people and stuff, um, it really just come from being faithful um, you know, being submissive, you know, making sacrifices. I mean, there were many times where I was in church instead of being at family functions or I made sacrifices to, you know, financial sacrifices, um, bill money and just all that kind of stuff. And it just really That's got real. to a point where you get to a point some somewhere where you let me put it like this, because you can tell I'm trying to struggle with hitting exactly on it. Yeah, because yeah, it, it involves people. So it's sensitive. Um but I, I like to I like to parallel it to a abusive relationship. You know, when you are in a wow. domestic or abusive relationship, um, there's red flags. And because you love that person and because you have a soul time, because you have history with that person, maybe they did something for you at a time in your life, you were down. And because of that, you will ignore all the things that can be toxic in the relationship because you want to stay faithful to the fact they was there for you and they helped you and they supported you. So you're holding on to that while ignoring and, and dealing with the toxicity of the relationship. And so... It only, and it's crazy because people from the outside can see it and they say, man, this is changing you. You know, this is not who you are. You don't seem happy. Like, you get agitated and you like, man, it ain't like that. I kept telling myself, you know, maybe this is what God wants me to go through because this is part of my process. Right, this is right, part of me right. growing and part of me maturing. And maybe, you know, I got to endure as a soldier. That was my mentality. And so um, it wasn't until... I really, God started giving me dreams, like warning dreams and showing me like, if you continue in this state, this is what's going to happen. Like, this is where you're going. And where I was going was not going to be in the direction I am right now. It was going to be in a whole nother direction because you start being affected by the the toxicity of the relationship. Um, So I had to get out of it. Um, Church hurt is definitely something that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about or if they talk about it, they downplay it like if you experience it, it's because you're sensitive or you're immature. Mm, come or, on, man. Um, Bro, you're touching on so much right now. <laughs> it's, 
it's a real thing and i think it's time that people stop downplaying it and really start sitting down and finding out maybe it's the maybe it's the actual term church hurt that people have an issue with you know most people say well it ain't the church it's it's you or it's a person that's true um but that's just a term that we put on it because that's how we know to call it but there are real traumas that happen in a body or a congregation or any type i mean you experience it on your job but there are real traumas that can happen and when it happens in, in an environment where you are vulnerable, where you are open, where trusting. you are naked, where you're trusting and yeah. you're submitting, of course, that's going to affect you a certain type of level, a certain type of way. So when people downplay it, it just adds to it. Um, so just to interject, I'm going to let you keep going. Yeah, go but when it also when it comes from a certain person, because yeah. right. you don't expect. Especially when you put that much trust in leadership mm-hmm. for it, it to come from there, it hurts a little more, you know. So, yeah. You know, and, I, and, and another thing I, I really feel like when I look back at my situation, I, I really feel that, um, or I'll say this when, when leaders experience church hurt, or maybe it's another term, but when they experience hurt from the members, or disappointments from the members and 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 they bleed because they're human too you know they have things going on with their family they trying to follow and be faithful to the call of god on their lives and they go through disappointments people leaving the church broken commitment so i understand the pressure that leaders endure as seers but when they don't have outlets or they don't get healed or they don't get a moment to sit down and allow themselves to be restored, they're literally going to execute that same abuse on the people. And when you're operating out of that hurt and out of that abuse, you don't see it as abuse. You know, you can only see what you feel like that person has done to you. So what you end up doing is creating a toxic environment where everybody's beating on everybody, where you can literally watch someone get verbally slaughtered in front of you and the congregation is laughing because that's normal because hurt people hurt people exactly yeah you know so it's uh it's 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 real well where do y'all want to go with this because it's a lot i can really say (laughs) no i'll be like uh you got got it man bro like you touch on so much i guess i kind of want to touch on is like so we recognize it's a very real thing because a lot of times we sweep underneath the rug and we don't believe the victim it's like with any other type of abuse you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like we just saw with R. Kelly a couple episodes ago. Yeah. It's like how many signs was clearly there. Right. And these women is finally coming down. Like, why does it take four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people for us to finally be like, okay, right. something's happening here that we should probably pay attention to. But I think it is comes from a lot from what Earl said and what Lavala said, yeah. who it comes from. Yeah. And where it comes from You know what I'm saying If it's that person That everybody trusts You know Everybody places That that sense of hope in Like they wouldn't Do that to me You know what I'm saying And like Lavalle said When those people Have been there for you At a down moment mm-hmm. You have that sense Of entitlement And, and that sense of the loyalty yeah. To them To where you're like You know what This one thing I ain't gonna let it Deter me I'm gonna still stay Faithful to the ministry yeah. You know But like he said You know You've you've been locked in and faithful to a person that's not faithful to you in the same way. Right. You know what I'm saying? A person that will get over the pulpit and spit up on you. You know what I'm saying? And will will disrespect you in a way that nobody else notices notices that is disrespect. But you know what I'm saying? You know it's disrespect because it's like it's like a personal yeah. relationship and yeah. it's a personal attack on you, but it's coming over the pulpit and everybody else is just amen and amen and you know that's right, Pastor, or that's right, minister, you know what I'm saying? And you're sitting back like, no, nah, you're talking about me personally. Yeah, right. Nah, yeah. So I guess <laughs> my question is this since we've recognized it's real, yeah. How do you heal from it? 
outside of just hey, I'm, I'm chucking up the deuce. I'm gone. Yeah, that's easy to say. Yeah, you know, you're an abusive uh, uh, a marriage. I'm, I'm gone. I'm divorced. That's not healing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can remove myself from the situation. That could be a step. No one say that's a wrong step. Right. But from there, how do you heal from it? I tell you, you good. I'm thinking. First of all, you do have to accept the fact that it happened. It happened, and I'm hurt. You know, and this oh. is wrong. And it sh- I shouldn't have went. You know, like in the sense of this is not something that I necessarily like Should have be to. Yeah, that I have to take. You know what I'm saying? Like this is wrong. You know. And from there, you know, we can probably all interject on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, I think, you know, like you said, accepting the fact and, you know, knowing that you do have a part to play in it. You know what right. I'm saying? And that's, and that's, that's the hardest part for us to come to accept whether you're going to leave or not. You know what I'm saying? Because we're not advocating that you necessarily get up and walk away from your church. But, you know, if it's that situation where you're not growing anymore, you know what I'm saying? You're not able to receive from those people that are in those leadership positions. You know what I'm saying? It might be time for you to, you know, seek the Lord on, you know, what direction do I need to go, go right. to next? Because, you know, you don't want to be stagnant in a place where you resent going every Sunday, every right. Wednesday. Because I, I believe we've been there a time yeah. or two where you Definitely. go to church and you be like, I hate it here. Why am I here? So I hate it here. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I, like the little boy said, I'm tired of this church. <laughs> Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's what you. That's what you're really saying in your head. I know it's comical, but you know that's what we're really saying in our head. Like I hate this church. I hate being in this place because I don't feel comfortable here. You know, so we have to get to that place where we recognize, like, Lord, you know, is it that time to move? You know, am am I, you know, going to be able to receive here? You know what I'm saying? And you have to be able to, if there's something that there's an offense that has been done. You need to go to those people that offended you, and whether they accept it or not, you know, you need to have a real conversation with those people. That's biblical. And say, you know, hey, I'm I'm offended, you know, uh, you know, or this came across this way to me, you yeah. know, whether it was over the pulpit in in a secret conversation or whatever, you know, and if it's time to you know move on from there or hash it out or however mm-hmm. y'all do it, you know what I'm saying? May the Lord be with you. That's my my two cents. That's what's yeah. up. What you no, got? Bro? I, I really I really can second that, man. Um, because in my situation, that was one of the things that I sought to do was to um, sit down and reach out. Um, I, I really feel like church hurt, it, it, it deepens your experience when you're not. I, I think what makes it even more hurtful and what takes what causes the healing process to be delayed is the fact that you don't get closure. Um, and the fact that you don't get closure, what I mean by that is a lot of times when people experience it, it takes them long to heal because they never got to say what they wanted to say to the person that hurt them. Oh. And yeah. they never got to hear from the per like, you know, when somebody hurts you and you able to sit down and have that conversation and say, man, this is where we disagree. You can walk away with the truth you know what you're gonna do with that is up to you either you got an option to forgive recognize what they said was honest or not but when you walk away and there was no closure there was no conversation there was no let's sit down and hash this out like there was nothing and you have mm-hmm. to walk away with just the scars and the memories that will confess to get it, affected it right? literally yeah. caused the healing process to be delayed why because now you got to wrestle with assumptions maybe i was wrong maybe i uh. was right maybe they didn't mean that maybe the enemy tricked me or maybe yeah. i was just too sensitive so you really so you start internalizing a lot of stuff that you probably wouldn't have to battle with if you were able to biblically follow that concept and sit down and address your offenses but i think in some churches um 
in some churches when it comes to offense or us not knowing how to deal with it or leaders being in a position to where if a member is offended they may close that door on you and say um I don't have time to talk about it or maybe you need to just grow up or you need to go yeah. talk to God about it. And I understand, but there are some things, you know, when you know your flock and you know the sheep and you know the people that's in your church and they get to experience certain things, you should always have an open door policy to where they can come down and sit with you and say, hey, pastor, you know, um, honestly, you know, whatever was said, I took it this way and I need you to help me if I'm being, you know, if your heart is pure, the Holy Spirit is going to be involved. And so, so, so in my situation, the thing that made it difficult for me was it wasn't that I, I, I don't never really remember sitting in those, in that moment saying, man, I hate this church or I hate the people. I was member, but I do remember sitting in the church saying, I hate the way I feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate the way this feels because I know this ain't God. And I think that was the biggest thing that was eating me up is because I knew that deeper, like outside of the offense, outside of what I feel like you did or didn't do to me, the thing that frustrated me the most was the fact that I saw this as an opportunity where the enemy was getting glory where he shouldn't have been because the enemy was able to get into a, what I believed at that moment was a divine relationship, a divine connection. Why? Because I benefited from that connection. I benefited from that growth. I grew from there, you know, so I knew it was divine, but the fact that the enemy could get in the way he did and cause discords and cause confusion and cause hostility and cause tension where there wasn't none before and then we don't solve it we don't pray together we don't address it we don't deal with it head on we let it fester we let it fester and then we we just end up walking away and we just walk away and then years go by and the enemy has gotten glory out of that because god's not glorified in that so i think the fact that People don't get closure is what I believe causes the healing process to to lag because we're human. And, you know, everyone, when you get any type of scar, like you mentioned before, you get a scar, you have a situation, you don't get no treatment, bro. You don't get no no type of like band-aids, no, no nothing. It's going to delay the healing process because you don't have everything you need to initiate that healing process. You know, so I, I I think that's one of the things that helps, man. That's real. The funny part about it is that people looking for the doctor to heal them, and the church is the doctor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we call for restoration. Yeah. You know what I mean? So while it's difficult to find healing from the perpetrator, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, dang, I'm supposed, I'm here to get energized. I'm here to, you know what I'm saying, recharge. And I'm getting abused by the very place that I'm supposed to find refuge in and that's real that's where I think the church hurt has the the tendency to last way longer than what what it would happen anywhere else because it's like dang I'm trusting you in one sense however I'm completely being disregarded and abused in another and I don't know how to distinguish the two and a lot of people like you said they may think you know what? This is God taking me through the trial and the fire. So I'm supposed to be growing and learning from this. And, right. and God hasn't placed you in a situation like that. Yeah. And we delay our own type of uh, uh, rescue because we hear, you know what? It's you. It's you're, you're offended. You're immature. You're immature. You know what I mean? And that's really, really tough. I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we don't talk about it. 
and we don't shine the light on it. And I'm happy that you know we can at least bring up some very real topics, and hopefully it can you know have like a aha moment for somebody who's listening. It's like you know what I've gone through this, and this is not okay, and I need to really talk about this, and I need to bring some closure to the situation, and then find a level of healing yeah. in that closure. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not okay. And one thing I want to add, man, to and, and this is this is part of my testimony um, um, in my process, man, because that was so it's probably been three, four years now um, since I left that church. And um, so it when I left, it literally it felt like a divorce. I've never been divorced, you know, but it felt like a divorce. You know, it felt like like something just it just felt weird. Um, and I had struggled with a desire to even want to be in another church because right. I was like, it was like a relationship. Like, man, I invested so much, I don't want to start over. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I gotta sure. learn the culture of that house. I gotta learn wow. the, yeah. that leader. I gotta learn that you know. So I, I, ain't, I ain't interested in starting over. But I remember uh, when I left, I prayed, you know, because I was like, well, God, I don't want to just be out here. I got a family, and I ain't, I ain't interested in just house hopping and stuff like right. that. I want to be you know, stay rooted, rooted yeah. and grounded, you know, but I understood you got to be able to, you have to be close enough to God to know where you are, um, to know where you are. And what I mean by that is even though if you know you're vulnerable, you know, you're not spiritually stable, it's just certain decisions you just know you need to not make. You know, right. one thing is you need to not be around certain individuals. You need to not, but because you're vulnerable. So the temptation to go back to old habits, to backslide, it's all there because that's what typically happens when people experience church hurt. So I knew I had to ground myself around certain individuals. So I reached out to um, godly men, you know, that um, that I knew within the community. Like I wished, I reached out to Minister Hiram. I reached out to Pastor Alton and I grabbed these guys, Elder Tyrone, before I even joined CHOP and I sat down with them and I didn't bash the church I was at. But I was very vulnerable and honest with them about where I was and how I felt There's and a difference. what I was experiencing. There's a difference, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew that even though I had experienced this, I was still taught and trained. You know what I'm saying? And I, I exactly yeah. the, the way to deal with it. So and and I knew that on the other side of this experience, either it was going to be growth for me or something in me was going to wither. And so I didn't want anything in me to wither. I wanted to grow from this. So I wanted to make sure that my process to restoration was going to be, you know, the right way. So I sat down with them. I poured out and I had, I mean, some accountability partners, man. I said, look, this is where I'm at. And when I needed to talk, need to vent, that's who I would get with. But you want to get around people that you can talk to, you can vent to, because you're going to need to. But you need to get around people that's going to not encourage you and tell you, oh, yeah, that church was bad and that pastor ought to be ashamed of herself because you ain't going to grow and you ain't going to heal. Right, right. You need some people that's going to tell you, man, I understand that. Man, let me pray with you. That's what you need. You need people that's going to pray with you. And then whenever God do lead you to that next church, don't be so quick to get in there and start getting involved and and joining every auxiliary. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, like heal, man. Allow yourself to heal. Yeah, yeah, it's important, man. Just dealing with that hurt, and as the Lalas had his preacher voice on, it's going to help a lot of people. You, you start to preach yeah, at one moment. I, did. I didn't give you yeah. an offering. I feel it. But nah, nah, that was real, bro. But it. seriously, dealing with that hurt, uh, I remember I mentioned going back uh, to last week the John Gray thing. I looked at some other videos, and I kind of was. I wanted to hear him, you know, saying like, hear his explanation for what he, why he did what he did. Uh, first of all, he was on the View. I think it was. Yeah. 
And he was just kind of talking about how his wife was a covering to him and how she helped him grow up and, yeah. you know, such and such. And, you know, that's why, you know, he went to the extent he did as far because he, she, she deserved more than a car. She deserved more. Um, but also, uh, going back to what he said about the, she talked, she, the lady, he, I guess, allegedly, I don't know, whatever happened. <laughs> she talked to the 16 year old John Gray, as he said. And I started to think, man, I'm like, but this dude's not new to, to like the pastoral office. So whatever ministry he was on before, who put him on these platforms, bro, with these issues, like where they never dealt with? Because, I mean, these are not new issues, you know what I'm saying? Right. So like he's on a major platform, bro, dealing with, you know, 16 year old issues, issues, bro. And it's like, you know, as, as I guess men of God, leadership, like we're responsible, bro, like in the sense of. Like, you're shepherding a, a flock now, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, before you even take that, let me deal with my 16-year-old issues so I'm not using that as an excuse when, you know, because everybody can accept that. That could have that could have caused some church hurt, you know. And, and prayerfully, it doesn't, you know. But I, I just think back to that, that what he said. I'm like, man, bro, he's not new to, to, to this, you know. So it's like, man, what kind of men of God does he have in his life, man? Like, you know. You know, did they just look at the talent? You know, and you know, and which you know, which which I happens mean, to all. Uh, you know, some yeah, of us has been in that situation. You know, right. pastors only want us for the what gift. we can do for them, and when right. we can't do it, or when it comes, I don't want to deal with your baggage, though. You know, right. you keep that under control. Yeah, but bro. Now I'm leading the church, and I don't know how. Yeah. I don't. I'm not qualified. And I was watching that. I was actually just watching a TV show the other day. Uh, me and my watch, me and my wife, we love watching uh, 24 Hours to Hell and Back. You watch a lot of TV, uh, sir. Yes, sir, I do. <laughs> I love watching he TV. You got time. But, uh, <laughs> but um, we did, uh, and, it, and it was a it was a situation where a manager was just put into place, um, but didn't have the skills. He was just hired to be a manager, and she literally had to come out and say he wanted her to confess, like I don't know how to manage. You know what I'm saying? And that's wow. the, the position that we get put into, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times leadership at church. We don't know how to be leaders at church. Yeah. You know, somebody just recognize we got to give. You know, we can orate, you know, the crowd. You know, we can hype them up. We can sing. And somebody say, oh, you got a gift. You know, and they're ready to put you up before the people. But like like Earl said, you dealing with issues from when you 14, 15 years old that you have not been healed from. And now you feel like you can't expose them because now I'm in front of the people. Right. You know, I, I don't have anybody to go to now because I'm the leader. The platform swallows you up. Yeah, it's like, it's like well, who do I go to now because I'm the leader. Everybody looks to me. Where do I go when I'm hurt? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because hurt still happens yeah. to us. We're human. You know what I'm saying? We're still going to be offended. We're still going to uh, experience rejection. We're still going to experience hurt. Right. You know what I'm saying? So all of that is embodied in t- to somebody that's thrusted into a leadership position that doesn't know how to be a leader. And they're like, you know, well, I can't say nothing to the congregation because they're right. not going to trust me. They're going to stop giving offering. They're going to stop coming to church. So, and that's a big example of hurting folks, hurt people in a, from a different angle. Because uh, if that's true, and you know, and, and saying that he's not just using that as a you know a cop out, because I don't know him and I don't ever want to come across like we're bashing him. But like, if that's true, that dude's been hurting for a minute, sixteen-year-old issues, and he's probably in his you know mid forties. Like, come on, bro, yeah. you you were bound to hurt somebody, you know. <laughs> And it sucks that it was in that capacity, and I really hope that, you know, they're able to heal and um, move on because it's been made so public, and, you know, that can get nasty, right. you know. But, like, bro, hurting people, 
you know, that's a dangerous position to hold, you know. I think Lavalis definitely um, revealed a great tool in order to um, gain a level of understanding about mm-hmm. church hurt as well as the healing from it. Like you said, mentioned accountability partners. Right. And lead it back on if you've been trained, if you've been taught how to deal with something, just because you've been hurt doesn't give you the right to act out any kind of way that you want to. Because that was an opportunity for you to go ahead and go on a rant. Right. It yeah. was it was it was there for you, you know what I'm saying? But just like David, he had all the motive in the world to kill Saul. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he knew better. It's like I'm not gonna take that step. I'm not gonna take the hurt that I've experienced and let it manifest as something that it shouldn't be because I've been hurt. I'm gonna deal with it yeah. the right way. Yeah. And I think that we as believers have an, uh, a responsibility right. to deal with it. Hey, let's recognize it. Let's talk about it. Let's deal with it. Let's heal from it. But let's not make the same mistakes that other people have made just because we hurt. Because like you said, hurt people hurt people. And that cycle will continue on and on and on. And we have yeah. a responsibility to stop it. And I think that social media piece hurts us now because now we don't have oh, to yeah. hide it. We can go on Facebook, we can go on Instagram Live and post whatever we want to post and say, Give validation. Yeah, this person did this at this this time. This, this that I can verify, I can give you receipts on everything. You know what I'm saying? So nothing is really hidden these days right. to where you have to heal because people will think that's healing. We're yeah. just, you know, putting somebody on blast that did something to them. Venting that, is not healing. That's not that's not yeah. necessarily healing. It may be a part of the healing process, and you don't need to vent to the world. You know, you know, like Lavada said, you don't need to bash people. You know, when you do decide to move ministries and things like that, um, I'm a firm believer in that. I don't bash ministries or anything like that. So yeah. when you, if you do make that man move or make that transition, you can do it peacefully. You can do it quietly. You may not have, you may never have to don those doors again. But if you do have to, you know. You can come back, you know, without tension being in the room. Like, oh God, I wonder if they're gonna accept me. They're gonna have the ushers throw me out the church, yeah. you know what yeah, I'm saying? stuff like that. Because it really happens. So I mean, we can't we can't sit here and act like it doesn't. I do have, and I, I just command like even the the way this conversation went because knowing everybody kind of personally. This could have turned into like you know, oh yeah, saying, bro, knowing oh, people, knowing each other's situations, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Bro, but you turned to a bad session, bro. It, yeah. I, but I know me personally, I'm just I'm careful too about you know what I say to who I say it to, bro, and you know who can handle that and who can't. And I think this was very educational, and you yeah. know I, I like the 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 way it went. You know, it's I important. I want to say to uh, to to people out there, man, that's listening, that's you know, either experiencing church hurt right now or, or have experienced it and you still in that place of bitterness, man. Um, in that place of church hurt, bitterness is going to be your biggest enemy, man. I know lots of people say it's unforgiveness, but bitterness is going to be your biggest enemy because once bitterness festers, bitterness is a resisting spirit. Like, it literally resists Anything that God's trying to do in your life, bitterness is going to resist it. Right. Uh, you try to move on, anything you do is going to resist it. That's why when someone say the name, you immediately get to talking negative. I mean, because bitterness would literally just, it's, it's toxic, it's in venom. I, I would really um, encourage people, man, it's, as hard as it may be, but I'm saying this from my experience and what I know God will do, is if you can find it in yourself, to pray for that person and and this how I this how I was able to do it because like like my brother just said a minute ago like there's two sides to every story you know and you and you really start thinking about 
what you possibly could have done or or how you wasn't imperfect like just take your eyes off of what that person did to you for a second and just think about what you have possibly done to cause hurt in general to somebody else um whether you did it unknowingly or knowingly right and think about that it's like that will humble you enough to where you can say you know what let me pray for this individual because you don't know what part of this person's journey they aren't like they're on in in that part of their life like you don't know what god is doing in that person's life you don't know what they wrestling with and sometimes you are just an innocent bystander that becomes the victim um of a person's journey and later on that person can can grow from it um they can become a better leader because of their experience with you because they mishandled you now they know how to carry like you know when you're playing football you you fumble too many times eventually you're going to learn how to hold that ball and run with it and sometimes when you're in a place of leadership where you're gifted you're anointed people and other leaders will put you in position faster than you are ready for it and you make mistakes you hurt people you know you fumble um and 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 therefore you got to live with that and you got to grow from it but if you start praying for those individuals i'm telling you like god will genuinely turn your heart um from the bitterness and he will enable you to forgive and when you forgive man i'm telling you like that's the best place to be in because for a couple years man i was still feeling that tug i was still feeling that hurt i was still feeling that rejection and it was pouring into everything in my life my marriage my relationships my friendships because i was bitter and i couldn't and i couldn't man i probably wrote a whole album that nobody would probably never hear just out of that dark place just trying to get it out of me man Um, but it wasn't until i really (laughs) bitter mixed (laughs) you know what i'm saying but it wasn't until i really just like started praying for that individual and praying for those yeah. in that church that God really changed my heart and, and and what became my desire more than anything was restoration like yeah. I started getting mad about the whole situation I'm like man like the devil didn't just play me the devil played you you know what I'm saying like the devil got us in discord with one another and, and if you think about the individuals that have made disappointed you or whatever the case may be ask yourself like Imagine what the relationship would be like if God was in the center of it. If 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 God's will was being done, if that person was operating the way they're supposed to operate, if you was in a position you need to be in, just imagine what God can do through that relationship or through that connection. Um, and so, man, I, I I really just want to encourage you. If this is really an in-depth like conversation, I can go yeah, on and bro, on because really, awesome. it's a it's a lot of layers to this. I mean, there's a it's really multi-layered, but. Um, Seriously though, like pray for those individuals, man, and, and 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 seek God about restoration. And restoration might not always look like you and a person sit down at Cracker Bell and eating breakfast together. Facts. Restoration may just be the house. fact that you should you be able to see them and have a uh, a clean conscience and right. a pure heart. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when you see that individual, without wanting to slap on that stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad you didn't release that music, bro. You can't be out here dissing churches, really. Nah, man. He said, I have something to clip for. It may not be good yeah, in the Christian community. Bro, bro like, uh, we're going to get ready to get out of here before we do. Uh, uh, if you don't know, you must have been underneath the rock if you're in the clean area. You haven't heard. Oh, uh, free by city. city. Hashtag free by city. It's a movement. Uh, Lavalis, please share this movement that you've started uh, within the city of clean and how. 
this burden for this city has really like burned within you, bro. Like what you want to see accomplished, man. Yeah. So, man, I always had a passion, you know what I'm saying, for the city of Killeen. God has always put a passion in my heart um, for the city. Um, I know it's a reason why I'm here. Um, man, me and my partners to go out here and literally witness in club parking lots, man, on the weekends and stuff. So um, God has always burdened me for this city. Um, I did a project under construction. That's probably like my last full project that I did. And I, I wrote a Fire. song. And I called it Free My City. I was going to call it Praying for Colleen or Praying for the K or something like that. But my partner, Cold Front, had already came out with his own called Praying for K. So I was like, well, like, I don't want to name it that. So I named it Free My City under the concept initially of what people put on T-shirts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, shoot, man, I took that same concept and applied it to a whole region. Just thinking like, man, you know, when someone get locked up, they always be like, free, yeah. free this person, free, free that my person. Dog. And they, so they're releasing a declaration um, to release someone that's in bondage. And, and I saw that and I was like, it just clicked. And I was like, man, like, imagine applying that same concept to a whole city mm-hmm. and um so so when i did the song free my city it was a declaration it was literally like releasing like like legit praying for the city but releasing uh declarations into the atmosphere you know about people being free from drugs being free from prostitution right. being free from this free from that and so it kind of turned into that and i did the song i did the video for it um i released it and it like immediately you know what i'm saying like kind of generated some buzz and people was like feeling it you know and it just happened to drop at a time where Colleen at that time was experiencing a lot of tension there was a lot of yeah. tension between you know the police officers and some local rappers and stuff so there was a lot of tension going on and when That's I dropped right. that it just happened to be like that solemn moment and I, I never forget when uh, one of the uh, KPD officers reached out to me and had saw the video and he was just like man i really want to sit down with you and talk with you he said because i really like the direction that this is going and then i sat down with him then the other people from the community started reaching out to me and inboxing me and was just like man how can i get involved and at that moment it wasn't even a movement it was just a declaration right yeah. <laughs> um and so then i was like okay god like now that this is you know this attention is coming what do you want me to do with this and so uh, we went and got T-shirts so people can have something to, to, to rep. And then uh, from there, I was like, I feel like there's something else you want to do with this. So I prayed about it. And um, I reached out to a couple of my partners that do music and stuff. And I sat down with them and I was like, listen, um, I got this vision. And what I saw was like artists coming together, just kind of like snatching the culture back and you know using music as that tool and we sat down and then when i sat down i explained it to them they grabbed it they was cool with it but then god was like i want you to spend a whole year doing an event every year like not the every year but every month of the year doing an event every month of the year and each month he would give me a different topic or a different theme to address so we would create an event and we would do that. And then in addition to that, we will also go in the community and serve, do some type of volunteering or partnering with other organizations and um, building relationships. So we did that for a whole year. And uh, we've seen God do a lot of things, man. Um, build some relationships, um, tore some walls down between denominations and, wow. and just different religions at that. And so really, really saw God move, man. So 
when people were asking what Free My City was about, I always tell them, like, whatever your platform is, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a, a, a mechanic, whatever your platform is, use that platform to liberate. Use that platform to to uh, make a difference in your community. And I always wanted to take, take artists, especially Christian artists, that are doing the music and talking about all this freedom and liberation and say, you know what, like, come out of the booth. And actually get in the trenches and get in your community and uh. live what you're talking about. Because that's what's going to make your music come alive is when you people can see you performing and you talking about all these souls you saving and all this stuff going in your right. community. But then they don't never see you at City Hall. You don't know who your mayor is. You don't know nobody on the city council or on the school board. So it's kind of uh. like it's defeating the purpose. So I feel like the way you're going to impact your community is not just by doing songs about it and doing decrees and declarations. But actually getting out there in the trenches and finding out what it is that people are exactly dealing with. So that's what we did, man. We just spent a whole year getting in the trenches um, and building relationships with people in our community. So whatever your talent is, use that to make a difference. That's so. That's coming up like next. Like you got anything? Yeah. So um, I'm shooting a video this Friday. And um, yeah, I'm shooting a video this Friday. But the direction we're going to be going this year for Free My City is we're going to be doing a event per se every month like we did last year. Um, but we're going to really hit the music like really hard right now. Like if, if you pay attention to like the music scene in Colleen, like it's really dry right now. That's no diss to any artists that's out here. But um, I feel like there's a space for a voice to be heard right now in the city. And you know what I'm saying? So I feel like um, and some of you guys, let me reaching out too, because we already kind of planning that right now. We just had our meeting uh, yesterday, um, but we're gonna pretty much be doing a lot of uh, more music um, collaboration. I don't want to spill too much, but I see. but we we well, working. Let's on some say, stuff. man, yeah. definitely he definitely is living what he preaching. I had let's the see. honor of kind of serving at a few events like the yeah. uh, food drive. And it's cool, especially like as a school teacher to like you know see a different like you know kids from a different neighborhood and, yeah. and to see like the impact like the smiles on their faces to get a hot dog bro bro you it's know? crazy yeah. to know that like literally i grew up with lavalis grew yeah. up literally grew up with you bro right. and to see where god is taking you now and to hear people call you mr hamilton i know right? you feel me <laughs> and like look up to you and see what you're doing in the community like yeah. you a person that's not just going on Facebook live but you live in what you going on Facebook live about yeah. you know what I'm saying so it's like the events you putting on the lives you touching I'm a testament to because to, I've been at some events as well too and seeing what you doing how you bringing these kids together how you giving them a platform yeah. to you know what I'm saying have a safe clean environment that they can express their talents and their giftings in you yeah. know what I mean and you can uh, really build them up you know what I'm yeah. saying so that's where it's all about a young black man out there doing something good for the yeah. city of clean uh, and it's getting traction. Uh, we definitely want you all to uh, support the music. Um, he's going to definitely be uh, putting out more and more stuff in the future. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited, man. Congrats, too, man. Just got a promotion, right? Got a promotion. Yeah, 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 right. Appreciate it. That's yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. You make your, how, how much do your tires go up, bro? Like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> SGC classified. But, man, we definitely appreciate your heart, man. Yeah. Appreciate you coming through the episode today. Um, it's been a Fantastic episode. A lot of heavy content. You know, you know, we're gonna be silly and put our little spin on it. Definitely. You know, with everything that we do as the brothers, man. But we definitely appreciate your heart. Um, you welcome back anytime. Facts. Uh, on the brothers podcast, man. Anytime that you have anything going on, 
You let us know. We're going to let our listeners know um, to support you. You know, be behind you 100%. Anybody that's in this area, you know, follow him. Uh, we got the links on our Instagram page and stuff like that. So definitely follow Lavalis. Uh, follow the Brothers Podcast on IG. Wait, um, man. It's a longer one, man, but it was worth it. And definitely. Yeah, y'all be all right. Y'all watch Surviving R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> all y'all episodes. Y'all be to an hour and 15 of us. That's hey, what's up. I would be remiss, though, man, if I don't. I got to put this on wax. I want to say this on wax. Wax, so it was on record. Yeah, but I have to say, man, I have the most like respect for you guys, man. Um, when people ask me about like the music scene, how I got started, I always say, man, listen. When I first got started, <laughs> it was these brothers right here that I'm sitting wow. here talking to, man. man I appreciate that. That, that I feel like if I wasn't if I wasn't in you guys' company, you know, what I'm saying I don't know if I would still have been doing the Christian rap and everything. Wow. I think it was. God ordained for me to meet you guys. I'll never forget seeing um, 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 you guys, Earl, and Rodney performing at one of those events, and I was like, "Man, they energy is just like, like they killing it, bro!" Like I was just <laughs> like sitting back, just watching like their energy and stuff, man. I just love their energy, and then at Sim, always, I was I, first time I heard of Sim, I said, "Man, here remind me of uh, what's his name." Um, E40, yeah, <laughs> he reminded me of E40, bro. But you know what I'm saying, dude was like bar heavy, bro. And so I was like, man, these are the cats that, like, when I came in Colleen, you know, when people say, oh, you the first. No, I'm like, I'm not the first Christian rapper in Colleen, bro. Like, when I when I started doing it, these brothers was already doing it, you know. So I feel like you guys are the forerunners, you know what I'm saying, oh, that really trailblazed that, and kind of put me under y'all wing. And, wow, bro. And, and so That's I really huge. appreciate that. So I want all the listeners to know, man, that these brothers right here, humble, you, they might not tell you that, but these are the brothers, man, that really, like, inspired me in the craft, man. So... Love you guys, man. Yeah, yeah. Right back at you. Love, right man. back at you, bro. Love, Dang, that's you made me cry. <laughs> nah, anyway, man, we gonna go ahead and get up out of here. Definitely hey, check out the man. links. Um, man, let me apologize though. Oh yeah, you said man, you had to give an apology. I did something real immature in the last podcast at the end. I listened. To, you know, we listened to the podcast. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> this gun sound. <laughs> I really was like, I really, you know, just felt bad about that, bro. You know, like I was convicted by it. I'm not amigo. I'm not a machine gun. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't even know what you're that. talking about. Bro, you have to listen to it. <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna do it again because it was wrong, bro. I should have did that. Well, those right, were man. those were Earl's words of wisdom for this podcast. Forgive me. Apologize, apologize when you do wrong. <laughs> Make a gunshot. All right, man. We are the brothers, and we out. Peace. Peace.